The following podcast is by Mr. Jim Taylor, elder law and special needs attorney, helping and protecting those who need long-term care. And welcome back everyone to the Answers for Elders podcast network. And we are here with Jim Kaler from the Kaler Law Firm. And we are talking about Medicaid. In our first segment, we talk a little bit about long-term care and what Medicaid is and how it covers and specifically about what we then we talked about spend down and what does that that mean and obviously you just don't get medicaid right up front so we're going to talk now a little bit about how to be a little bit more creative in your spend down so that you can um help your loved one or or yourself qualify for medicaid jim welcome back to the show thank you thank you yeah so we talked a little bit about what is the spend down and it was like yes you want to make you need to plan that. I guess the overall thing is planning in advance to switch over. It's not just a magical thing that happens. And like what you said, you, you can't go until you have less than $2,000 worth of assets. You can't switch over. So tell us a little bit about where we're at with the spend down of what we first talked about. And now you said you had some other options. Yes. Okay. First of all, spending down and having a plan doesn't necessarily mean we're planning five years in advance. That's a whole different animal. Okay. okay. A crisis plan means we're planning in advance and it may be days or mm-hmm. weeks in advance of a Medicaid application. Right. Okay? So don't let the in advance equal five years in your head. Okay. okay. In, at least in my terminology, if you need long-term care now or it's imminent, you've got dementia and we know where that's going to end up. Yeah. That's crisis. We're still planning, but we're not planning with a five-year window. Right. We're not planning to get through the next five years because we know you're going to need care before the five years runs out. Pre-planning is a whole different animal, and we will have segments on that, but not today. Okay. Okay. So when we are planning to get you onto Medicaid as soon as we can make arrangements, that's a crisis plan, but it is still a plan. So so planning doesn't necessarily mean long-term. Just let's make that clear. Okay, so uh, as I mentioned in another segment, Medicaid wants you to spend your money rather than give it away. But there are ways to spend it that are allowed, Mm -hmm. that make sense. Now, as I mentioned in an earlier segment, a a single person has to have no more than $2,000 in resources, meaning what's left in the bank after income comes in and bills are paid, and bank personal account, the nursing home, everything. Okay. So all of their wealth is two grand as one month rolls into the next. Okay. They, we do it by month and not mid month. A married person, it gets much more complicated because the, this presumably healthy spouse, if we have, Mm -hmm. if both spouses are on Medicaid, then they're just two grand or less each. Okay. But if, if we have a healthy spouse, that healthy spouse gets to gets to keep some and that's a whole different discussion we're not going to cover today but the two grand is still where the ill spouse has to get so there is some spend down there as well Mm -hmm. but spend down possibilities for spouses are uh have a lot more opportunities or less one enormous opportunity that uh than a single person doesn't have so let's focus on a single person right now uh because i don't think we can cover both in this one segment Okay. Single person or someone who's going on Medicaid and the spouse is already on Medicaid. 
for Medicaid purposes, that that second applicant is single. Okay. Um, they have too much money to qualify for Medicaid, meaning more than two thousand dollars. What can they do? Well, as I mentioned before, they could buy ten televisions and they could get rid of of ten grand, but that's a stupid way to do it, unless they're really nuts like my uncle who had to watch every football game on. Um, the uh, so another way to do it is find spending that makes sense. My favorites, bar none. Let's focus on quality of life of the person who needs long-term care. Does the person wear glasses? If they do, let's buy two or three or four more pair because glasses disappear from nursing homes like socks disappear from dryers. They do. And just like socks disappearing from dryer, dryers, I suspect glasses that get lost come back as a Tupperware lid that fits nothing. <laughs> um, do they wear a hearing aid or should they? If so, that's a good spend down. Yes, it's not cheap. But hearing and seeing are huge parts of quality of life. Yeah. And if you're in long-term care, quality of life is pretty much all we have left. So let's focus on that. Do they need dentures or do they wear dentures? Maybe buy an extra set. The reason I say extras, just like glasses disappear, glasses disappear because you're in the, the dining hall or in, in the uh, in the activity room playing bingo. And or you, you fall and you break them. You put them down. Okay. Yeah. Dentures and hearing aids go on your nightstand. And then when the aid comes in to check on you in the middle of the night, some nights bumps the nightstand. These things fall on the floor. Nobody notices. They get stepped on the next morning. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because they don't make a lot of noise when they hit the floor. No. So that these things disappear and they are huge quality of life issues. Okay, if, if the person is stable on their feet, but have trouble getting up, maybe a lift chair. If they're not stable on their feet, do not put it, give them a lift chair. Okay, because now all you're doing is giving the opportunity to put themselves into danger without help there to keep them steady. So they have to be steady on their feet to make a lift chair a smart purchase. Okay, mm -hmm. but those are my four favorite on quality of life issues, the first things I want to spend money on, regardless of anybody else in the family, including the spouse. Mm -hmm. I want quality of life for that person who needs long-term care. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. After that, maybe some comfortable clothes. They usually have clothes, but maybe they need, you know, maybe they're just beat up. They haven't bought clothes in a while. And they want things they can put on and take off easily because they're in long-term care. Right. And we're not talking huge bucks here, mm -hmm. but again, quality of life expenditures that make sense that benefit right. the person who needs care. Okay, so those are the quality of life expenditures that come to mind. Next thing to look at is have they made their funeral arrangements? Huge. If they have, and we will do a whole segment on pre-planning and when to pay and how to pay and all that, okay? But if we're applying for Medicaid now or, or soon will be, it's a crisis plan, now's the time to pay for the funeral if we haven't Huge. already, Okay. Because is that is true? a perfectly valid spend down thing. And isn't it true that the cost of funerals can almost double every like three or four years? It's crazy. I, I, I will admit, I do not know that statistic, but yes, it can be crazy. I have also seen huge differences in the cost of funerals just based on family tradition. Mm -hmm. Um. I, I met a woman one time who arranged a funeral for her father and it was $13,000. I thought, oh yeah. my God, what are they doing? Bringing a jazz band up New Orleans? Yeah. yeah. It's no, huge. It's in really... Ohio, 13 grand is a huge funeral. Okay. But that's not here. Expected. 
here okay. in Washington and Seattle, um, I I would say it's double that. A big oh, wow, like close oh. to that. If because the burial plots, the land is so, um, okay. you know, I burial plots are different. Crazy. Burial plots are separate. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Yes. Pre, I'm talking about the ceremony. Oh, I thought you were talking about yeah. The yeah. ceremony itself is probably easily ten grand. Close yeah. To. Okay. But yes, while we're considering a funeral, buy the funeral plot, buy uh, the burial plot, if they're going to be buried or if they're going to a mausoleum or, you know, going to be cremated. Get that now. Okay. Get it now because one, that's a valid uh, spend down and it's real estate. If you want that spot under the oak tree, you have to get it before Sudan does. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because it's one per person. Or if you're a married couple, maybe two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may, you know, guys, you may want to dream of being buried on top of Marilyn Monroe. And we all know what you mean by that. It ain't happening. Okay. That spot was already taken and it was auctioned off. Okay. So get the spot you want because that is real estate. And yes, that can be expensive. See, in Ohio, that's relatively cheap. If we here, you can buy a burial plot for two grand. No problem. Okay. Not here. New Orleans, since the entire city is basically about underwater that the <laughs> yeah. table. everything's above ground but you still have yeah. to find a plot to put it on it's got to be terribly expensive in new orleans okay mm-hmm. so get the burial plot separate from that pay for the funeral okay yeah. in addition check with the funeral home what assuming we're assuming a burial here or a placement into a niche not mm-hmm. simply ashes being scattered okay sure. if ashes are being scattered obviously don't buy a burial plot um but there's still a funeral whether, even if you're cremated there's still a funeral oh it's yeah funeral. well it, that's the ceremony okay again yeah. I'm, I'm i'm splitting the ceremony away from the real estate correct okay so ask the funeral home if they will put aside money if you if they you can prepay the funeral home mm-hmm. or opening and closing the grave okay buying a burial plot is one type of income and the one instance they're going to receive significant income at the cemetery for that spot. They have to take care of it forever. Opening and closing the grave, either taking the the, uh, cover off the mausoleum or digging the hole in in the ground, that is a labor-intensive thing. Mm -hmm. And most cemeteries now charge for that. Yeah, they do. It's like taking your baggage on the airline. You can buy a seat, but you got to pay extra to take your bags, mm-hmm. okay? Or, or even more in the world of the NFL, you, you buy your burial plot, that's a personal seat license, you still have to pay for the seat, yeah. okay? So um, if the funeral home will not accept that money now, see if the, if the cemetery will. If the cemetery will not accept that money now, look into buying a separate burial insurance policy for it. Because opening and closing the grave is the biggest single, well, the most common. Oop, surprise family, there's more money on the day of the funeral. And that just hurts. You know, that's rubbing salt in the wound when you're at a funeral. Okay. So that's a surprise thing to consider while you're out there. Pay for the ceremony. You can do it through insurance or pay the funeral home. And we'll talk about that separately in more detail. Pay for the real estate. That you're paying the cemetery now. Pay the cemetery for the real estate to lock it in. You're not buying insurance for the real estate. Buy the real estate, okay? And then see how to op- how to pay for opening and closing the grave. In addition, if you're going to have a bereavement lunch, you know, a meal after the service, 
see how that's going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Funeral homes, unless it's at the funeral home, the funeral home probably will not take money in advance for that. Right. The church may cover it if you're a church-going person, but fewer and few, fewer people are church-going people. Mm-hmm. Get a quote from a restaurant for, well, we're probably going to have 20 people and it's going to be a lunch. And, you know, so what do you do to, how much do you charge to cater a lunch for 20 people, whether they're delivering it to your place or you're going into the restaurant? And during COVID, you may not be going into the restaurant. You can get a quote for that and you can buy insurance for that because that's there's a special kind of insurance called burial insurance. Some people call it funeral director's insurance. Right. They can cover anything about a burial. They can also pay for flights for your cousin who has to fly in from the funeral from Denver. Right. You get a quote today, you buy insurance today. When the funeral comes, we know the price is going to be different because the price will probably be different tomorrow than it is today. But still, you've set some money aside for it. You can prepay hotels for that cousin who has to come here, okay? They're not staying a week, two, three days, okay? Yeah. These are things you can use to set aside and buy them now as part of a spend down. Yeah. And I think overall, just really at the nutshell of talking about a spend down and doing that, I know when my mother passed away, it was the last gift she gave to me because all I had to do was pull this little card out and call a number and everything was prearranged. I didn't have to decide what she wanted. I didn't have to sit there and figure it out. It was an amazing thing that my mom did for me because everything was already prepaid in advance. And I think that's something that um, we did when we qualified her for Medicaid is, is we paid for you know her cremation and uh, um, her ceremony, so. Yeah. 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 Jim, thank you so much for your wisdom today with us and on these wonderful topics that we're talking about. And um, we look forward to hearing back from you very soon. Thanks, Suzanne. All right, guys. Take care. State of Ohio residents, you have a friend to help you navigate long-term care while protecting your assets. You can reach Jim at www.protectingseniors.com or just email him at j-k-o-e-w-l-e-r hyphen a-f-e that's j-kaler a-f-e at protectingseniors.com Hi, I'm Lori LeBay and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.